As people interested in history should know, the traditional Christmas season lasts 12 days, running from Christmas Day up to 12th night, January the 6th. Beginning the celebration sometime around bonfire night and ending abruptly on the evening of the 25th of December, as is common these days, represents a break with the tradition. The celebration of the 12 days of Christmas, as Ronald Hutton charts in his book, The Stations of the Sun, can be traced well back into the Middle Ages. The current practice is very recent indeed, historically speaking. To celebrate traditional Twelfth Night and to bring to an end this oddest of Christmas seasons, I thought I would read from a letter written shortly after the Twelfth Night of 1753. The letter is held in the Kent Archives, I have it here with me. Uh, it's in a collection known as the Osborne Deeds, though it is written by the vicar of a non-Kent parish, that of East Hendred, uh, now in Oxfordshire. Uh, the vicar's name was George Woodward, and he's writing in that letter to his uncle, uh, an uncle who lived in Surrey. Now the letter begins pretty conventionally. It begins to discuss issues that Woodward had just been reading about in the press. This is on January the 13th, 1753. Uh, one of the issues uh, was the um, popular resistance to the changes in the calendar that had just occurred in the previous year, especially as those changes were perceived to have affected the uh, date of Christmas Day. That year, 1752, had officially begun on the 1st of January. And in, that was an enormous change uh, at the time, uh, when up to then, uh, the 25th of March, Lady Day, on the date of the Annunciation, was reckoned to be the first day of the year. Uh, so that was all, that was changed. And later on that year, in September, 11 days were cut out of the calendar. That meant uh, Wednesday the 2nd of September was followed immediately by Thursday the 14th. These changes were mandated by an Act of Parliament in 1751, known as Chesterfield's Act. Uh, and that Act adopted the calendar known as the Gregorian calendar, so-called because it was named after Pope Gregory VIII, who had initially introduced it in 1582. It hadn't been adopted in England or in other uh, countries of the Protestant tradition uh, because it was perceived to be a Catholic reform. Uh, but it was, uh, it did contain up-to-date observa astronomical observations uh, of the solar year. And those observations had deduced that the calendar year had become out of sync with the solar year. And the Gregorian reform uh, sought to counteract and, and eradicate those differences. So they introduced this calendar, which became known as the new style of dating. And it replaced the old style, which was based on a calendar known as the Julian calendar. Now change, especially change introduced or imposed from above, can be difficult for some people to accept. 
the forces of tradition and custom are incredibly powerful. The changes to the, uh, the changes of the Gregorian calendar in 1752 brought about had a number of issues for people, particularly those of an old-fashioned mindset. One that might surprise us is the perception, the apparent perception, that because of the loss of those 11 days in September, the 25th of December 1752 could not be the authentic Christmas day. For some, the excision of those 11 days meant that the real Christmas day fell 11 days afterwards, after the 25th. By my reckoning, that would have been on around the 5th of January 1753. Coincidentally, the um, 12th night the eve of Twelfth Night, the eve of the Epiphany. Uh, George Woodward's letter, this letter here, provides some fascinating testimony about local people's behaviour around all this and how one unscrupulous individual was prepared to exploit it. I find by the newspapers that several people have shown a greater version to the alteration of the style, particularly with regard to the observation of Christmas Day. I think they could not well have been, have made more disturbance if the day had been entirely abrogated by Act of Parliament. It's to very little purpose to pretend to set such obstinate, ignorant people right in this or anything else. But it is evident enough that upon the true principles of astronomy we have been wrong for some hundred years last past in our observation of that day. And if there is anything at all in the particularity of the day of the month, which I think there is not, the Gregorian calculation, which we now have complied with, is most certainly the nearest but the common people don't like it. Because it has something of popery in it, they say. I wish we had no other reason but such as this to find fault with the Church of Rome. But some folks in my parish have been fools enough to give their servants and cattle a holy day upon the old Christmas day who I suppose observe the festivals as they usually do in most country places by getting heartily drunk. The parish in general came to church and the sacraments upon the new day, but not being satisfied with this, the old day, as I said before, was observed too, as far as ringing of bells and carousing is thought to be a proper celebration of it. But I hope, by this time twelve month, they'll grow a little wiser and not be carried away with such zeal without knowledge. I forgot to mention one thing whilst I was talking about Christmas, which makes some talk in this neighbourhood. A man at Milton, about two miles off, having observed the great zeal of the vulgar about the keeping of Christmas and the no small stir 
that was made for the ascertaining of the right day thought that he might make some advantage by the general superstition that prevailed amongst them. He had observed what talk there was of the Glastonbury thorn, which by flowering upon Christmas morning and going off again at night was supposed to be the proper standard whereby people might judge of the day. He therefore gave out that he had a flower in his garden that was of the same nature with this wonderful thorn and it would accordingly make its appearance uh, very early on old Christmas day and close again at night. Numbers of people got together at the time to see the opening of the flower but none were admitted under a penny apiece. When they were all come with their candles and lanterns, he raised the ground with his finger and showed them the flower just opening, which was satisfaction enough to them. Their business would not give them leave to see the whole process of the day. So away they went, fully convinced that that was the right day. The man, they say, got about 10 shillings by this stratagem, for it appears since that he had raised it under a beehive to satisfy the credulity of these people. <laughs>